So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. The purveyor of violence has returned to AEW TV. John Moxley making his much-anticipated return tonight in Washington, D.C. and drops a heartfelt promo. And Cody Rhodes also drops a pipe bomb of a promo, and we're going to jump into that. On NXT 2.0, that man that you see right there, Volta, is no more. He is now Gunta. We're going to jump into both NXT 2.0 and AEW Dynamite in the debrief. Here we go. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. What's up, everyone? It is Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's time for the debrief here on Sports Keto Wrestling. I'm Jose G. Next to me, the top Chico himself, Rico El Glorioso. By the way, I gotta I, I gotta say, you did a fantastic job uh doing the show last week with, with Kevin. I know it was a little bit last minute, but thank you. Because I was an assignment down south interviewing Moose and Diana Barazzo. So uh thank you for you know it, I know the vibe is not the same, but hey. You guys killed it. Well, of course, bro. Thank you. And definitely good job with those interviews, too. So if you guys haven't already, make sure you check out Jose G interviewing Moose and the current knockout champion in uh, Deanna Parazzo. So check that out on the Sports Keto Wrestling page. But it's nice to have you back, Jose. It's nice to be back here. And it's already this like what the second week of January. And we got all this wrestling that we still have to cover. AEW already has a special coming up next week as they're going to mm-hmm. be live in Cleveland, Ohio for AEW Beach Break. Man, we got so much to cover, but how you been, Jose? I've been good, man. It's been a, it's been a busy week, man. But let's jump into this week, guys. Before uh, before we get started, as always, got to do that housekeeping. Make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel. Right now, we are well on our way to 25,000 subscribers. Thank you so much for doing that. And also, make sure you are following the Sports Kita All Elite page. That's for anything that we're talking about or reviewing AEW-related. You're going to find it on the Sports Kita Wrestling or the Sports Kita All Elite page. So make sure you do that and set your notifications to see first so you know when we go live. Every Wednesday night, 10.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's when we go live. Also, subscribe and like and share, as always, guys. So engage with the show. Sound off on what you like, what you didn't like on this week's uh, edition of NXT 2.0 and AEW Dynamite. But let's jump into AEW Dynamite, Rico, because we got to see the return of the purveyor of violence himself, John Moxley, making his big anticipated return in Washington, D.C. tonight. And the crowd received him with big open arms, loud pop, and he gave us one hell of a heartfelt promo. 
Oh man, first and foremost, man, you know, congratulations to John Moxley for having, you know, taking a decision to go get some help, get some rehab. And he looks great, man. Like mm-hmm. no it noticeably slimmer. He looks healthier. He looks younger. Cause now looking at him here today, compared to where he was last time we saw him on TV, he was like fuller. It seems like he was retaining a lot of water, especially since from you know what we've heard, he's he was drinking a lot. And it yeah. was noticeable. And now you look at it, mate. He looks that he was like, like super five years red younger, and, and a little puffy around his face. And yeah. now you don't even see the red or that all that inflammation from drinking. Um, so he's he looks he looks he good. looks healthy, he looks good. And man, and he's out with the vengeance, just like you said, he delivered his heartfelt promo talking about a dream that he had with a, a demon, like a black cloud over him. That's really saying like all the success you're supposed to have, you're not supposed to make it out, you're not supposed to succeed and all this stuff. And he's determined. He's determined to not stay down. He told, you know, the demon to take it, all the negativity, and just stick it straight up, you know where. And he's out now for vengeance. He finally feels free. He's going on a pilgrimage. And obviously this comes off of the the news that he's going to be defending his GCW championship this week anyway. So it made sense for him to come back, officially return to the pro wrestling world. And he's coming out with a vengeance. So expect to see him in GCW. Expect to see him in New Japan. Like, he is going to be going on this pilgrim. And like he said, he's going to take the pro wrestling world by the balls. And he put the locker the locker room on notice because right now the only thing he's been drinking recently is blood. So it's good to see he's clean. He's got that fire back. Like, he looks in such great shape. I am excited to see him return in the ring. I think he's going to be great. Congrats, John, you know, making that personal decision get better, and he looks good. He's going to be doing some good things this year. He's looking great. Uh, I think uh, this was uh, a good decision on his part. He's looking fantastic, and I just can't wait for him to get back in the ring and kick some ass. Hopefully we get to see him in the title picture at some point. Because, you know, he was at the semifinals at the last tournament, but, you know, he got to be replaced because he had to check himself into rehab. Uh, but let's see how this road to redemption comes for uh, for John. Um, I have no doubt that he'll be at the utmost and top of his game. So uh, just big applause to, to him tonight. Uh, quick message to you guys. If you wa- guys are watching us on Facebook for some reason, I can't see your comments on on the uh, on my broadcast side, on my studio side. So I'm just checking in on your comments on Facebook right now. We got Victor Nass saying Mox in action Friday night. That's right. He's All gonna be ego, going, Ethan Page. He's going to be going up against Ego Page. Um, Christopher Ryan Cooper saying, I'm not from Cleveland, but please tell me where there's a beach. Why are they um, doing beach break from Cleveland, Ohio, when it's 13 degrees outside? Makes absolute no sense. Mate, maybe you can call it like snow break or something like that or winter break. I mean, maybe they consider beaches at the Great Lakes, I'm guessing, because that's the closest thing Listen, that you're going to get a break you uh, as a beach up there. Sand on them <laughs> on them lakes to be considered a beach. I don't know. You know, it's funny. Kevin goes, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the beach. And I'm like, y'all got beaches in Chicago? Oh, yeah, at the lakes. That's not a beach, bro. Come on, man. Come nah, on. Coming, coming out of Florida, we'll show you guys some some beaches, either side of, of the state, if you guys want to. Uh, so, guys, if you, again, uh, I, I can't see your comments on Facebook for, for uh, from Facebook for some reason. If you guys want to jump you. in on the YouTube side, go ahead and join us over there. I'll see all of your comments perfectly fine. I know we're broadcasting because I can see the, the broadcast, but I don't know what's going on where I can't see in the comments. So head on over to the YouTube side, check uh, and join the conversation over there, and I'll be able to read all of your comments. Uh, a lot of love for, and- from Moxley. Everybody's saying how great he looks and. You know, he looks yes, at Ricky Castillo saying absolutely. he looks great. 
Uh, and yeah, so somebody in the crowd, I couldn't make out what the, the person in the crowd said, but it did not rub John Moxley the right way. He told security to get him the hell out of there. So yeah. Bro, Congrats on your 15 seconds of fame. You're done. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, he dropped that huge F-bomb, too, right before he started his promo. Like, get the F out of here. I'm like, whoa. John Moxley's like, back. They, they didn't even bleep it. They didn't use this five-second delay or anything. Yeah. They just let it go. Well, it's cable TV, so I, I think there's a little bit more leniency on there, but I'm not sure how they react. I know TBS has some raunchy content after 10 p.m., but not between eight and ten, be during prime time. So right. <laughs> um, I, I'm surprised they let it slide. But hey, it's AEW. That's what makes it edgy. That's what makes it different, right? Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about Cody. Uh, let's talk about some stuff that went uh, down on AEW Dynamite with a backstage segment with Super Tan, MJF, and Wardlow. Uh, it was Wardlow's so birthday today, so happy birthday, birthday to Wardlow. He apologized to him for how we reacted last week. And since he put a hands on MGF, MGF is docking his pay <laughs> until he gets some wins and qualifies for the face of the revolution ladder match and earns the AEW championship opportunity for MJF. You know, this turn is coming hard oh, down the line. So it's just a matter of time. They're just giving, they're not even giving us a little bit. They're giving us micro bits yeah. every single week. And I think they're just taking way too long for, I think it's my brain is just so accustomed so like the WWE storytelling it was like down, 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 boom, move on to the next story. Down, down, down. No, it's a slow cooking, no. man. It's just, it's just yes. there, just waiting for that yes. right opportunity, which will probably be at AEW Revolution in March, especially even during this ladder match, most likely, uh, where it's going to happen, or the eventual match between CM Punk and MJF, because uh, we are going to get the match later on if you call it a match. Uh, but the first match. <laughs> Of the evening, which again, AEW starts off hot, they end hot. Start off with the mixed tag match with Adam Cole, baby. And now brought to the forefront his significant other, the AEW women's champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, going up against the resident alien Chris Statlander and freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. This was a you very entertaining part match, of, man. It was a fun match to watch. But you know what the favorite part of this match was? When uh, when when this guy, the the play by play guy, uh, tells Tony, "Oh, oh, <laughs> oh sorry, I had to see that." Tony. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> had to see that, Tony. And you hear Tony's reaction, "Yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man." And then, but like, my, but then Brenda, my wife, she's like, "Why, why is he like, oh, like, oh, because he has like this crush on her, but they're like, he's like in the friend zone, yeah, and he knows it, and it's like, it's it's really bad." Was like, that that fat guy with the glasses? Because she doesn't know who he is. But she saw a meme, and yeah. it was Britt Baker and Adam Cole kissing, and Tony Schiavone just looking from the distance like like he's crying. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, I, I, this match actually was really good for the women, dude. Mm-hmm. I think the women really showed out in this match. Uh, Chris Statlander, no joke. Britt Baker, no joke. They actually put on a really, really good match. Uh, the guys, the guys did their thing, but now we know that this feud ain't going nowhere until next week. That we announced now that Adam Cole has challenged Orange Cassidy in a lights out, non-sanctioned match where anything goes. Is this is going to be Kyle O'Reilly versus uh, Adam Cole Part Four, uh, and put uh, in AEW? So, yeah, I'm actually kind of looking forward to. It. Let's see what happens here. The cool thing of what I liked of what he did with O'Reilly back in NXT, 
that this took a long time. It, it took about a good four, maybe five months for it to get to the conclusion that we got. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this one is a little bit more seller to get to the point? Like, to have light, this lights out match this quickly? Yeah, because I think they want to set up Adam Cole for the next feud, more than likely, possibly for one of the belts. You know, there's been the rumors that they want to fast track him. That's why they brought him in here. Like, they've been really slow playing Adam Cole up to this point. So they want to build him up to somebody, you know, to somebody big, to possibly one of the the, the champions. So just get straight to the point. Like, we know what they what these guys can do. They've delivered so mm-hmm. far. And Adam Cole brought it up in his promos. Like, we already had all these matches. And every single time, you know, I put you down. But now I need to just take you out for good. And the only way I can do that is, like you said, kind of like what he did to Kyle O'Reilly, even though they both took each other out for a while as they were yelling at each other on the stretcher. But, yeah, I think this is a perfect way to end this feud. More than likely, we are going to get Red Dragon involved, especially um, probably an homage to uh, the storyline between Kyle and Adam Cole and their little rivalry in NXT. Uh, so I can I can see all the shenanigans happening. Adam Cole is going to go over and set him up for the next feud. So I'm fine with that because they've added all these points, all these uh, pieces to this feud. And like you said, like the women – showed out so well everybody had the moment to shine in this absolutely and it goes to show like oh okay i can really see another championship match between dr breaker and chris datlander the way they delivered in this match here even though we found out later there's this whole thing with layla hirsch and red velvet because of what happened on rampage so you know that Britt baker has all these opponents lined up for and chris datlander much deservedly should be you know at that front of that line too so I thought this was great. It was entertaining. The aerial 451, which he had the 450 on top oh, of Adam Cole and Baker, was good. Uh, the you know the uh, Pittsburgh Sunrise on the ramp that she hit when Adam Cole teased he was going to do it to Chris. Here comes Britt Baker. She hits her with the Panama Sunrise. I thought so many good spots in this match. However, of course, the inadvertent almost orange punch to Dr. Britt Baker, but he held up, but he was too much momentum. He pushed her into that table, which led Adam Cole to challenge Orange Cassidy because, hey, you don't put your hands on your girl like that. So I'm excited to see the conclusion of this match next week. Oh, And the facial expression. You can tell Britt and Adam were meant for each other when they were selling everything on their faces. Every single time that Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy, they kicked out of everything, their facial expressions are amazing. Like They truly are like a couple meant to be together. And I hope to see more of these kinds of matches because they have such great chemistry, obviously, but to see it in the ring too, I thought it was amazing. Good job all around. Absolutely. Completely agree. Uh, we had a backstage segment here with Alex Marvez and it looks to be a little bit of turmoil there in the inner circle. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. As uh, Santana and Ortiz kind of take a little bit of walk away from Jericho kind of focus on them for a bit. Because uh, last week when Eddie Kingston pointed out that ever since y'all been with Jericho's, y'all never been tag team champions. champions. And that really clicked with them. So it looks like they're going to, you know, they need some space so they could try to conquer uh, those AEW tag team champions. So a little bit of uh, turmoil in the inner circle. Uh, what what do you think about this, man? I think I think it's time for Santana and Ortiz to become champions, bro. We, Why haven't they become champions? We have been so adamant about them getting those belts. We thought they were going to be champions by this time, and they haven't. Granted, we finally got the Lucha Brothers to finally get those belts. 
But Santana Ortiz are such a great team, and it feels like they've been slept on so much because they've been tied into everything mm-hmm. with the inner circle. So I think this is a good way to really not only build a feud between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, but start getting that little bit of separation, seeing a little inner turmoil with the inner circle because they're all going to do their own thing. Like, you know, at some kinda, point, right? At some point, Chris has to go back. You know, Sammy's involved with um, with Cody uh, with an upcoming ladder match. And we need to see something with Santana Ortiz. They deserve to be champions. That's why you brought them to AEW. Let's get a legit shot at those titles for these guys because they deserve it. And, and they tied it in with this storyline, which I thought was great because it's, again, you're getting more people involved. You're adding some nuances. And, you know, this just goes to show there's, you know, there's still different levels that you can build with these guys. Even though in a circle, they're all buddy-buddy. Hey, Chris, how, what was the last time you actually stepped up for us? Oh, yeah, I've always been there. No, no, no. Really? What was the last time you stepped up for us? Because mm-hmm. we step up for you. So you know what? Next week, we're going to see if we can do this without this. So mm-hmm. I like it. Hopefully, we'll get Santana Ortiz being the ones to take those titles off of Jurassic Express. I'm hoping. We'll see, man. Time will only tell. Uh, they, they just got those. So it'll be a shame for them to uh, drop us so quickly because they're also a really good team. But Santana and Ortiz are definitely overdue. Uh, for getting those AEW tag team titles. Uh, we did have a matchup here, a very quick matchup. I don't know if this is the <laughs> quickest matchup in AEW history, but CM really Punk good. versus the chairman, Sean Spears. Man, I thought that we were going to get this banger classic of a match. I was really looking forward to this. And then not even like 10 seconds into the match, a GTS later, good night, one, two, three, the match is over. We had a little face-to-face with MJF and CM Punk. CM Punk almost choked MJF with uh, with his scarf, but he ended up keeping the scarf as a little souvenir uh, <laughs> as MJF uh, escaped the uh, the hands of one chick magnet punk. So uh, I was shocked because why would you do such a buildup? It's like, okay, you went through Wardlow, right? He's kind of mm-hmm. doing the whole, you know, Jer- uh, um, um, what was it that he did? Yeah, the Five Labors uh, of Jericho. The Five Labors of Jericho. Every member of but the now, Pinnacle. But now he's doing it with, you know, with, with CM Punk. Yeah. So my thing is, like, you're going to send Sean Spears, right? You were like, okay, I'm going to send it. This is my guy. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, I know Sean Spears can go. We know Sean, Sean Spears can go. I've never seen this matchup. It was a... I was disappointed that we didn't get the matchup that we should have gotten. Was it fun to watch? Yes, it was fun to watch. I'm like, wow, like, okay, the match is over. Let's get it over with. But again, how else are you going to fit 15 matches in one night, in two hours? I mean, it wasn't 15 matches, but I'm just saying. Yeah, and that's a point that Kev brought up last week, like, now we're getting to the point, and now's where you're starting to see where AEWs, yeah, they've signed up some really great talents. And Victor Nash is saying over here in the chat on YouTube uh, to, to Tony Khan, like, what are you waiting for? Sign them boys, the Briscoes already, which would be another fantastic tag team to add. But, man, there's only so much time in two hours that you can fit so much stuff. And there's so much. And I'm over here trying to write the notes, and there's always something happening, which mm-hmm. is great because you're getting them TV time. But think about the people that aren't getting TV time because they barely squeezed in. Jade Cargill uh, to really set up the the match between her and Anna Jay. But oh, where's, man. where's Thunder Rosa? You know, like you, you're going to find some people, you know, you know like, just let, video from just Miro. Let Smart like, Mark, just let Smart Mark do all the talking and don't let Jade Cargill speak. Okay. 
because <laughs> that comeback was terrible. And it's just like, oh, yeah, bitch. Yeah, like she pointed out like everything that she does. What are you willing to do? Well, you know what? It's time for that bitch show. Back to you. I'm like, yeah. What? All right. <laughs> Come on, Jade. Jade needs to take some promo classes, man. Like she needs either that or just let Mark, smart Mark Starling uh, speak for her because not convincing. I know she can go in the ring, but on that mic, man, you need to be able to do both in this business, especially uh, you, you can't be just all about the looks and, 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 and what you can do in the ring. But if you can't keep that audience engaged, you can't just be saying that bitch show would just drop it. Oh yeah. That bitch show. Oh, uh, she she cursed. All right, get that the bitch. Show. What? Like, I okay. Yeah, TBS it coincidentally goes with that bitch show, right? So is that the that bitch show title? Uh, apparently it is, and so Jay loses it, which she ain't gonna be losing it for a while. But you're right; she needs to get get us more captivated in what she can do outside of the ring. Because in the ring, she's fantastic. She's amazing. She looks great. But yeah, she she can work a little bit on her comebacks to one Anna Jay. Even John Silver seemed to get one over on her. Is Anna Hungy over here? Like, you have John Silver outshining you. It's, I know it's not the best that's, look. that's the most comedic part about it, right? You got Johnny Hungy and Anna Jay getting the better part in a backstage promo of Jade Cargill. Like, you're the TBS champion. You need to be witty. You need to be able to, you know, snap back whenever you have to. And she did it. All she did was like, well, you know what? It's time for that bitch show. All right, Sorry. and I just. <laughs> and it, get back to the show and, and speaking of which again we're going through all these things so quickly because even backstage there was a moment with Billy Gunn and Christian Cage basically setting up the gun club to challenge Jurassic Express for those AEW tag team championships at Rampage when they attacked Christian Cage from behind so setting that match up really quickly because you have to save time Jose for the TNT champion Cody Rose, because he had one hell of a promo that he needed to drop. Even though they told him not to do it, I'm going to do it anyway. And, man, did he peel back that kayfabe curtain and let everybody know how he felt about the current state of wrestling leading into his challenge to Sammy Guevara for the – it's not unification, but since Sammy is the interim champion, it's going to be the undisputed AEW TNT Championship in a ladder match next week at Beach Break. But how did you feel about this promo where not only does he call himself the builder of the Forbidden Door, not only talks about the Young Bucks beating or going up against Red Dragon, basically going up against Developmental, talking about, uh, I put in here, Gunner Buddy, referring to the name change uh, that we'll get into in a little bit. But talking about how a man has the balls to come back into AEW using the name Brody, that takes balls. And he's going to make him regret it in eight years when somebody else is ready to take that name back. And then even going as, you know, uh, as, as far as now, talking about him being really good friends with Ricky Starks, even though Ricky's a heel and Cody's a babyface, going up against Jay Lethal, who has a one cutter no one kicks out of. Like he really just kind of makes kayfabe dissipate in order to get his point across. How did you feel about this promo, and do you see him taking this as the heelish route, or do you still see him as a babyface after this promo? I don't see him as a babyface, and I don't see him as a heel. I just see him beat Cody being Cody. And 
I have to say something to the fans that are in attendance in Washington, D.C. The disrespect while he is speaking, while saying, shut the F up. Like, all right, guys, I know a lot of you, not only here in North America, but across the world. I know you guys watch our show, watch our content, all right? Do not do that. I don't, yes, you're there to boo and you're there to cheer, but when they're trying to, you know, make a point, you know, come across a certain way, it's really hard to do that when you have, you know, a few hundred fans saying, shut the F up repeatedly. And I think that is just very disrespectful. Um, it's, it's poor taste from the fans and y'all need to get your act together. Okay, because this guy is none of y'all can do that. None of y'all can step in the ring, grab the mic, have the lights in your face and drop a five to ten minute promo on the current state of wrestling. You can't do that. But yet you choose to boo the guy that's doing it inside the ring. It's total and utter bullshit. It really is. It's a double standard. And I and I absolutely hate it. When, when the fans do that later on in the promo, the fans got behind him mm-hmm. when he pointed out that he's the one that built the forbidden door, which is true. It is absolutely true. Everything he said in that promo is 100%, 100% fact. <laughs> Everything he said in that promo tonight was 100% fact. It was a good promo. It was a good promo. Uh, however, if I'm going to nitpick the promo, and this is something that I've always said about AEW when they are dropping promos, one way or another, they always have to take the jab at WWE. They mm-hmm. don't mention their name, all right? They'll mention developmental. They take little jabs here and there. But WWE is always going to be living rent-free in the minds of those AEW talent. The best thing you can do for yourselves, guys, don't even mention them. Don't even reference them. Why are you even bringing up Gunther? Half of your audience doesn't even watch NXT. You don't even True. need to. You don't need to be mentioning Gunther. All right, that's not something you need to be concerning yourself with. So concern yourself with what you have. Don't mention WWE because you know what? WWE is not mentioning you. True. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's very true. And you're getting a lot of love here in, in the comments, too. Uh, CRC, Christopher Ryan Cooper saying, preach, Jose, preach. Uh, Chris Aldridge liking the promo. And John Castro saying, the fans chanting Royal Rumble. That's one of the chants that they were doing during that promo. But we talked about it a couple months ago. Like, he's gotten to John Cena territory. Like, he's at that point where he's that big really of a figurehead in professional wrestling that he's going to get booed just because it's a cool thing to boo him. And I did like, even in the middle of this promo, he even explains why he hasn't turned heel, saying that the fans were cheering for him when he needed them the most. So mm-hmm. it, that's perfect way to just really just, like you said, he's going to be himself. He's not going to be babyface or heel, even though it's going to be more on the heel side, just by the tendencies that he does. He's not going to come out and say it because that's not it. It's not that character. It's He's being him, yet because of his position, what he's done, and making these references because he is the one person that could actually make these references because he talked about CM Punk dropping the pipe bomb promo, which all the things he said he was going to do, he was never able to do it because he resigned with WWE. Yet Cody is the one that did it, saying that, you know, when he left WWE, he went to New Japan. He was the one that was, you know, uh, he was uh, 
ROH champion at one point or uh, NWA champion at one point. Like he actually went out there and did all the things that CM Punk talked about in you know in leaving WWE. So yeah, he has a point in everything he said. He was one of the first persons to bridge that forbidden door to really link North America to New Japan. So you know he's at that point, man. He he's becoming that his own John Cena figure. He's going to be the Cody Rhodes of AEW, the John Cena of AEW. He, he's going to yeah. get booed, but he proves a point every single time because he's right. And being able to turn all of that, even though he opened up all of that kayfabe and let everybody in, turn it right back around, bring it right back into the feud, the challenge the young upstart in Sammy Guevara saying there's only one way to settle this. And he climbs that ladder in a ladder match next week at Beach Break. I think I think it's going to be a great Should match. match. Should be a good match. Uh, should be a good match. I'm predicting that uh, Sammy Guevara is going to walk away champion on that one. He's going to do a, a 1260. I, I'm predicting a, a 1260 from the top of that ladder. It's going to be great. Uh, we got to see the in-ring debut of one Brody King tagging up with Malachi Black. Great entrance. Great performance. But poor Varsity Blondes, they did not stand a chance uh, from the point where you know, Pillman Jr. was trying to do the springboard and couldn't get, get the courage to get it up because you got this mountain of a man, Brody King, standing right. in the middle of the ring waiting for you to hit your springboard, whatever you're going to do. Uh, so Malachi Black, Brody King, get a definite win on there. But we got to see a little vignette of Pac because Pac hasn't forgotten what Malachi Black did to him was spinning that black mist in his face, blinding his eyes temporarily. But Pac is back, and Pac is not going to be mind-controlled oh. like everybody else for the House of Black. Oh. So he's definitely going to be looking for some uh, for some retribution against Malachi Black. And this is going to be that rematch that we got at NXT the, for the NXT UK Championship back in 2017 in Blackpool. Dude, this is going to be massive. This is going to be great. This is going to be a barn burner. A banger. out of Alistair Black. Oh, that's going to be fan-freaking-tastic. I'm looking forward to this match. And another match I'm actually looking forward to, we have the reuniting of Rapongi Vice. That's right. Now that we officially have Trent Beretta back, him and Asuka, Ricky, uh, Rocky Romero, are going to be challenging the Young Bucks this Friday, which I thought it was great because they were doing a backstage segment because Brandon Cutler always has the cam with the Young Bucks. Young Bucks weren't there today. However, Trent and Rocky rock up and – Trent's being really nice to Brandon because everybody always treats him like garbage. He's being really nice. But they say, you know what? We have a history with the Young Bucks. Actually, we beat them. And they even showed uh, footage of them in New Japan with Rapagi Vice beating the Young Bucks years ago. It feels like forever now, now that we think about it. Uh, but say, you know what? Let's run it back. So they're going to have a match this Friday on Rampage. I think that's going to be great. However, another match that they are trying to set up, more than likely probably a revolution at this point, uh, is Lance Archer versus Hangman Adam Page. Because not only did they show a video vignette between uh, Hangman Adam Page and now Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts uniting with Dan Lambert, out of all people, with their history that they have. Leading into this match, because we had Frankie Kazarian, who we haven't seen in a long time, just gets beat down by Lance Archer. He put up a good fight, but you're not going to be able to take out the Murderhawk monster, especially on route two, uh, more than likely an AEW championship match. How do you feel like this is shaping up? Because I feel like the crowd wasn't as behind this match as you would expect. It feels like they're not really getting into either because we haven't seen Frankie and Lance in a while. I think it's but... Lance Archer's hair. 
shave, shave the side, bro. Like shave, shave those sides. <laughs> like get it faded. You know, get those red tips back in there. You know, shape up that beard, and the crowd will get right back behind you. You know, people will be like, "Oh, what's this?" I don't know. I, I have no idea. I don't know why people why, why this is so like the crowd wasn't into it. On it paper, was a match, yeah. On paper, this is going to be a solid matchup, but I don't know why people aren't getting behind it. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe I, I don't want to be the guy to say this, but maybe it's Hangman. Maybe it's Hangman. Maybe maybe Hangman doesn't draw as much as uh, as they'd like to. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry to say, but yeah. Hangman Hangman's no Kenny Omega. He's not going to draw. He doesn't draw. He doesn't draw that name, right? Doesn't sell out stadiums like Daniel Bryan does, yeah. or Brian Danielson, or John Moxley. I was yeah, I was gonna say CM Punk. I like, mean, think, think I, about the pop I, I hate CM to Punk be, got. I hate to be yeah. that guy, but in his short little title reign, in his short title reign, it's 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 you're not yeah. giving me a very compelling case to be like, okay, Hangman has been a great champion. It, like, the pop from. Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy to open up the show was more than what we got from anything that happened between Lance Archer and Adam and uh, Adam Pace today. Like you're you're right, man. I think it's one of those things where we had all the hype. The storyline was great, but now we're here, and it's like, all right, what's that next step? And you have these hot names: Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Adam Cole. Now you have Alistair Black that's stepping up now with now that they are the king of the Black Throne. Like you have all these, you know, these storylines brewing, is uh, all this talent, and it's like, all right, Lance Archer's back, all right, cool, and, but people, it feels like they're not sold on it. So you're, you might be right. Like it seems like the TNT Championship match between Cody and Sammy has more, you know, build up to it and more popularity than a possible AEW Championship match between Hangman and Lance. I don't What's know, that? man. I I don't know. I don't want to be. I, I don't want to be that that negative guy, right? But I'm just kind of like analyzing what I've been seeing from Hangman over the last three weeks, and it ain't much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, you're not giving me anything to really sink my teeth in and get really behind you. So you need to do something in order to change my mind to get behind you, because you can only say cowboy, cowboy shit so many times. Before you get tired of cowboy shit, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's move on here. Serena Deeb faced off against uh, Sky Blue. She got a win, uh, really quick on that one too. Really, really deep Boston crab there at the at the end, or half crab, I should say. Uh, then we have a merger taking place in <laughs> AEW as the HFO and Andrade El Idolo announced that Matt Hardy has sold fifty one percent of the HFO to Andrade. And the board will now consist of five seats of Matt Hardy, Private Party, Andrade, and Jose the Assistant. And Matt Hardy will run the day-to-day operations, but Andrade will be the Presidente, the president of the AHFO. Uh, we had a conversation on this on Top Story when they announced that Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy are reuniting in the independent circuit. Um, I think this is going to leave room now to finally get Jeff Hardy on board in AEW when his non-compete is up. And have uh, Hardy Jeff the, the Hardy Boys do some type of program in the tag division, uh, just them two. Uh, so I think this is a great idea. This gives something for Andrade to do. Maybe revamp the HFO and make it mean something. And this is exciting because now it's under the leadership of Andrade. So what do you? How do you feel about this? I mean, it's not the Los Ingonos. 
Ingobernables de AEW we were hoping for, which was Andrade and the Lucha Bros. Maybe that's still something further along down the line. But, I mean, at least they gave him TV time. Like we said, you're trying to get as much into two hours as you can. Oh, yeah, Andrade is still there. And what's he doing with Matt Hardy? I don't know. This They led to something last week, and this is the, the conclusion of the unification oh, of now the, the Andrade comments Hardy are from. finally coming in. I was just going to say, yeah, we finally started getting all these comments just rushing in here along with the, the YouTube one, so that's that's good. And, yeah, like Ricky Castillo and Stephen Chambers talking about Serena Deeb uh, that we just mentioned that she deserves a belt. She does. Like, don't be surprised if she does have the, the TBS championship after Jade drops it to somebody else. But it'd be nice to have Jeff Hardy. That's another great tag team. I feel like at this point you're going to have to have either a trios division or, like, have a big tournament or something because there's so many good tag teams. Wow. And we need more TV time for them. I never thought I would say I would see a comment like this from Ricky Castillo because he's always <laughs> in la contraria. He's always either trying to go against us. But this is something that we can agree on. The fans love Hangman, but there could be a better champion. I agree with that comment 100%. Because, yeah, I love him. But is he the face of the company? Is he the guy that's going to go out there and do your media? Is he the guy that's going to be doing interviews in the morning or talking to ESPN or talking to, you know, whoever's going to be, you know, covering your media? Is he that guy? It just it feels like, and I hate to make the comparison, but it's kind of like the Big E situation where it's the chase was so much more enticing than the actual championship run itself. So the, hopefully the, this is something that. What are you comparing it to? Big E, like oh, where the yeah. chase for that title was like everyone was so behind yes. it. All right, now you got the championship. It's like, all right, cool, but like I, you know, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, like you have these other big names, these bigger stars that you can build off of that can be the face of the company. It's like, eh, just it seems the timing's off. Hopefully they, they can remedy this with some good feuds after the Lance Archer versus Hangman on page. Uh, but that remains to be seen because one person that they've really putting a lot of TV time in is one young Darby Allen because not only was he teaming with Sting and the acclaimed in the main event, Andrade has been on a mission to try to recruit him into the now AHFO. They need to change that. Los Ingobernables, just to make it easy. But we had Sting make his return to TBS, I should say, in Washington, D.C. tonight. I think they said, what, 20 years last time he competed on TBS? And, man, they really try to make him as this undefeated, like this unstoppable monster of a 59-year-old man because the acclaim take, took out Darby Allen before the match even started. So he went out in a handicap match, uh, which, of course, Darby came back later on. But he's still taking these bumps where he jumped off the stage onto Max Caster through a table. What? Man, Sting, I'm, he, he's only got a few <laughs> more years left in him, man. I'm kind of worried when takes out those kinds of spots because all it takes is, like, one bad angle and he's going to yeah. hurt himself. But he's giving at it some point you need to start considering, though. yeah, right. You know, at some point you need to start considering working a little bit safer because your body can only take so much. But uh, yeah, man, Darby Allen's on a roll, man. Darby Allen is definitely a heavy favorite in the company. I mean, they, they got the win tonight. But let's talk about Sting with that splash, dude. Yeah. Like this guy keeps surprising <laughs> me week after week. Like he's not in the ring on a consistent basis, but then when he when he does something, he he puts on he he puts on some solidches and. And to still go at that at that intensity uh, is quite telling, and I, and I, and I'm 
and I'm quite surprised uh, how well Sting did. Uh, but Sting and Darby Allen got the win tonight. So uh, how do you rate this week's AEW Dynamite, Rico? One through ten. So, again, just like we talked last week, they crammed a lot of stuff in here. Uh, bookended by some really good matches with the mixed tag match to, end, to start the show, this tag match to end the show. Uh They've had better. They have a buildup. Essentially, we have beach break coming up next week, and they try to really shove everything in between, you know, the matches for next week and for Friday. I'm agree with Ricky Castillo. I'm gonna give it an 8.5. Uh, and I'm like right there on the cusp between eight and eight point five. I think the promos between uh John Moxley and uh Cody, I think gave it that extra edge to bump it up to eight point five for me. Uh not to mention uh of course seeing the king of the black throne, the official House of Black making his debut. I thought it was great. So a lot of th- good things to look forward to. Uh, it is just, man, this is hard to keep up with all of these storylines. And it, it feels like the one good thing about having this talent is we don't always have to have that big sting moment. Like we've had months before where why are you giving Sting 15 minutes every single week? You're kind of taken away from having him here. You wait for this kind of moment where we don't see him all night until this match. And so he has these big spots and it makes you realize, okay, that's awesome. That's why we have Sting here. So those little little things added up, and I'm gonna give it eight point five. What do you give it? Uh yeah, I think uh, it was a pretty solid show. Uh, you know, like the, the little backstage stuff with uh, with Jade and and all the other. I'm not a big fan of all the backstage stuff that they do uh, at AEW. Uh, from from a match standpoint, they were pretty good. We had you know Moxie return that was huge, Rhodes returning and dropping that promo that was really good. Um, I'm gonna give it a solid eight, man. I think uh, eight uh, it, it merits an eight. The main event wasn't anything like out of this world. Uh, I am happy actually that the acclaimed were able to main event because they've just been it's getting been better week after week after week. So I'm glad to see that the acclaimed is getting a spot in the main event. Um, and I can't wait to see what, what they bring in Rampage because Rampage is looking up to be really good, especially with the Bucks and Rapunky Vice. We got Hook. So it, it looks Send like Hook. Rampage, Rampage is gonna be the designated home for Hook. Uh, yeah, it looks like the, he's Mr. been Friday featured night. here yeah. pretty heavily. So, yeah, I think an eight is fair. Uh, guys, make sure you are liking, sharing, and subscribing. We're about to jump really quickly here into NXT 2.0. There's not a whole lot to talk about. It was a pretty good show, but the big headline from this show is that Walter is now known as Gunta. So this took a lot of people by surprise. The outrage was real because a few days earlier, we had found out that WWE had registered for a trademark for the name Gunter Starks. And come to find out, because the internet always likes to you know, research and find out what's going on, some people ended up finding that Gunter Stark uh, was a lieutenant for the Nazi um, army back then during World War II. Uh, so yeah, but a lot, of, a lot of the internet wrestling community was just up in arms. How dare you? you? You know, you know, you know the internet wrestling community. Uh, so they pulled the trigger. They went with Gunter, but they didn't name him Gunter Starks and just said Gunta because I think they felt a little bit of backlash from that. I personally, I think that this is just more of a licensing issue for WWE. Because they don't want to, they're not going to be able to get the real name off of them and make money off of them. So you know what? We're going to give them a fictitious character name, and we're going to market the shit out of you. 
and make money off of your likeness and images but using the name Gunter. That's all it's for. That's what I think it's for. It's exactly the reason why they're doing it. It's it's all about the money and the licensing and then you know, you already have your own brand and Walter. We saw what you could do. He built that brand and now you bring him over. You can't, you know, if you don't have it under control. Now you get licensed name. Gunter. And uh, I just like the response from social media where uh, like Keith Lee and Kyle O'Reilly both commented on the name change. Kyle O'Reilly referring to uh, Gunter from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory being the, the chubby German kid that fell into the chocolate lake. Uh, and then, of course, Keith Lee being like, oh, if this is true, poor Walter. Like, that's all he had to say, and everybody knew exactly what they were talking about. It's, I just hope they don't do a Karen Cross or a Bearcat Lee, where you do this to change the name to get all the, the you know, the licensing and merchandise and all the stuff to drop the ball on him. At least let him continue to compete like he did in this match against Roderick Strong because this was a fantastic match. Like this is one of those matches we were hoping for for a long time, and it completely delivered because you have a hard hitting guy in Roderick Strong going chop for chop against Walter, and they did a great job. Like this is the kind of match I want to see over and over again. Like we wanted that against everybody in the Undisputed Era, but we got to see this match at least just to set up that end where. They announced, and the winner of this match is Walter. Take away the microphone. Nine, nine. The winner of this match is Gunta. Gunta. And they continue to beat down on the Diamond Mine. At least we're gonna get this Diamond Mine versus Imperium feud, which I'm a hundred percent okay with. So at least, at least you can still chant Gunta, Walter. You know, it's still two syllables. You can people it's are gonna get behind it. The outrage is done, but it's blown over. It's fine. We'll, we'll accept it. It's like we accepted people, everything else. So people need to yeah. just chill the f out. They really just really need to chill the f out. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, some notable things that happened on NXT LA night. Yeah, yeah. returned last night. Uh, oh. he's looking show, he kicked off the show looking for Grayson Waller. Uh, but then Waller, the sneaky little bastard that he is, serves night with a restraining order preventing him going after him. However. We got to see the return of Sexy Dexy when Dexter Loomis makes his return. And now Grayson Waller is in a predicament. Either he drops the charges and drops a restraining order, or he gets, you know, pummeled and attacked by Dexter Loomis. So uh, he chose the latter, had a matchup with Dexter Loomis, Grayson Waller winning, but being assisted by a brand new bodyguard who got involved mid-match, taking out and attacking uh, uh, Dexter in mid-match, Grayson Waller getting the win. So get, got himself a little bit of an insurance policy. This is such a main roster move, and I kind of like it. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Stephen Chambers here. When I first saw it, I'm like, wait, did Veer go this whole time with all these video packages on Raw to show up on NXT to be – Grayson Waller's bodyguard, but no, it's a completely different guy. And they said nothing else about him other than he's his bodyguard. And that's, you know, his ace of his hole or ace of his sleeve, I should say. Uh, but I guess they want us to tune in next week to figure out more about this bodyguard, which, you know, it's all the Grayson Waller effect. And they're going to have plenty of time for him next week to find out who this guy is and see what he's here to do. But more than likely, we'll probably get this tag team match between Dexter and Ellie Knight versus Grayson and this guy. Because it's all about the Grayson Wall effect. And he didn't take up as much TV time this time as he has in the last few weeks. Because you have to set up time for the returning Dante Chen. 
the Singaporean warrior made his in-ring return after injury, defeating Guru Raj. Uh, well, not even defeating. It was a no contest because as, as they started getting the match going, Duke Hudson with the short hair now because he's actually finally let it grow back since he had his head shaved bald thanks to one Cameron Grimes, uh, taking them both out. So we'll see what this develops because they're not doing anything else with Duke Hudson at this moment. So I guess, yeah, just have him beat down Dante Chen for a little bit. Yeah. Just put him back in the, in the, in something on TV and just have a little view with, with Chen going on there. Uh, but Rico, something that, uh, that is entertaining that we look forward to every single time this time of year is the dusty roads classic. And we have the first round of the quarterfinals. We had Idris Inoufi and Malik Blade going up against Legado del Fantasma with a little oh, bit of assistance God. from Braun Breaker. Santos Escobar was trying to get, you know, a little bit of interference in there so his team can get the win. But Idris Inoufi and Malik Blade shocking the world for the second week in a row, moving ahead in the, in the bracket. And then we had another incredible matchup with the Creed Brothers going up against Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. That match was hard hitting a banger oh, when when one of the Creed brothers got knocked in his teeth, bro. His mouth guard went flying out. He just started bleeding all <laughs> over the place. I was like, "Well, that, there's a counter for you." Uh, but both of these matches, great Creed uh, advances. So uh, great start to the Dusty Classic. I, I'm always I always look forward to this tournament this time of year. We go. Yeah, and even Stephen Chambers putting his uh, prediction in early. Uh, believing whoever wins between NSK and Jacket Time will win the tournament. Man, Chris and Young Veterans, man, give them the win finally. They've been runner up twice. Dude, that's not, bro, that ship has sailed. That ship has so sailed. Sad. They're in the they're in the tournament for the third time for the third year in a row. I am not holding my breath. They should have won, won last year. Don't be surprised if MSK gets a repeat. But my my choice right now is either the Creed Brothers or yeah, it's just the Creed Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> it makes the most sense, especially with Roderick dropping the title, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to Carmelo Hayes in the unification match. Yeah, you need to, to really solidify Diamond Mind. If you're going to keep this stable going, they need something tangible, and it needs to be either the uh, NXT Women's Championship for Ivy Nile because she defeated Kaylee Ray, even though there was a little bit of shenanigans thanks to Mandy Rose. But I can imagine Ivy Nile getting a shot at the, a the, the NXT Women's Championship at some point. So hopefully the Creed brothers will get a chance at these tag team championships to really solidify, uh, you know, something meaningful for the Diamond Mine. Because at this point, that title picture is now Carmelo Hayes versus Tony D'Angelo. Because Tony D'Angelo had a memorial service for one Pete Dunn uh, to later get interrupted by Trick Williams, who continues to kill out on the mic. So I love, I love them on the mic, dude. I love, love Trick them. Williams and Carmelo on the mic because they came in in black, even though. Uh, they, they, for for the memorial service, even though Carmelo had just like a black vest with the title, they look good. But C Trick Williams on that mic is just so entertaining. He's natural at it. So we're looks like we're gonna get a feud uh, between uh, Tony D'Angelo and Carmelo Hayes. However, another person that put their hat in the ring uh, for the NXT North American Championship is Cameron Grimes, baby. So it looks like we are gonna get a match: Tony D'Angelo versus. Cameron Grimes, the winner, is going to get a shot at the NXT North American Championship, which I think is going to be great. 
And one person that's not going to be around for a little while, it looks like it's going to be Odyssey Jones because we got another backstage segment with Joe Gacy and uh, Gunnar Harlan. Really, Joe Gacy is he's accepting the loss uh, from them being eliminated uh, from not even having a chance at the Dusty Cup because they lost to uh, Anderson Nofe and Malik Blade by DQ, thanks to Harlan. And Odyssey Jones was at the wrong place at the wrong time because he accidentally walked in on him, even though he's still recovering from his injuries, selling it with a crutch. And later on, Harlan just destroyed poor Odyssey Jones. So it looks like he's not going to be on TV for a good while. Yeah, man, this is unfortunate for uh, for Odyssey, man. It's uh, I hope I hope he comes back quick, and I hope he gets the push that he deserves because that guy is is special, man. That guy is awesome. He's big, he's fast, he's charismatic, man. What? Why are you not using uh, Odyssey Jones right now? You know, I, obviously because he's injured. But before he was injured, I mean, he lost to Roderick Strong. The guy should not be losing to guys like Roderick Strong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what happens down the road. But this week's NXT wasn't bad, mainly because of the uh Dusty Road classic. That would that's what mainly kind of kept me engaged. LA Knight over with the crowd. I thought that promo was awesome at the to open it, and the shocking ending with Gunter uh announcing his new in-ring name. I'm gonna give this about a seven. I think a seven is uh, is pretty fair. Uh, the matches were entertaining, especially in the Dusty Classic. Just a little disappointed that we got that Gunter name, but I'm over it. I'm okay. I'm all about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna chant Gunter now because that's who he is in WWE. So I'm gonna give it a seven. As long as they don't change anything he does in the ring, then we'll all accept it and we'll all switch over to the Gunter train. Uh, however, I'm gonna agree with you, Jose. I'm gonna give it a seven. Same reason because of, uh, of the Dusty Cup Classic uh, tag match that we had. They started setting up parts for the women's division too. Uh, we did have uh, Cora J try to suggest to Raquel Gonzalez that they should team up, uh, but of course uh, they're still at odds because of them costing each other a shot uh, or winning the AW. The AW. I keep saying that after a great AW show tonight. Uh, the NXT Women's Championship from. Uh, Mandy Rose, and we also got to see a little bit more power from Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell. So uh, after the match uh, between Ivy Now and Kaylee Ray, Toxic Attraction got involved, and Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada came out, and Persia continues to look really dominant. So I'm looking forward to see what they can do in the Women's Dusty Cup, uh, which is going to be coming up uh, next month, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. So they started to set those pieces, and we have two Latinas, which is great. We got a uh, Mexican Julissa. and we got a, a Brazilian. Julissa Leon, right? Yeah. I love her. She's awesome, dude. She's good. The great, it was that promo. It was, it, it felt very telenovelish, like the way they delivered the lines. I am all about it, dude. I know you, Why yeah. not? Bring, we talked about bring like the, all that Latina heat. Bring, bring all of that telenovela stuff. Yes. Bring that. Let's talk about that fall away <laughs> slam into a bridge. Oh, Wrestling wise, from Ulyssa Leon and uh Victoria Feroz, like I'm I'm all about it. It was just the promos in the backstage segment with Mackenzie interviewing them because they're gonna be a team in the women's uh Dusty Cup. It, it just felt like it it just felt a little they're trying a little too hard to be a character as opposed to just being themselves. But it's great to see two you know Latinas being represented in this uh tournament alongside possibly Raquel and Cora J when they eventually become the team that you know the 
the the unfriendly team because we had like Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle that won the the classic before and Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. So it's gonna be it might be Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade that went on the women's side because you know they can't get along, but they have enough to win the the tournament. So it, it remains to be seen. But overall, yeah, I'm just gonna give the show a seven as well. And hopefully, just again, just don't drop the ball on Gunter, please. Yeah, don't drop the golf with the ball on guns here. Uh, Steven Chambers watching us on Facebook. Best thing about NXT. No Von Wagner. Hey, hey, Rico, I got a question. Where in the world is Von Wagner? Uh, his forehead think- couldn't make it through the door, so he couldn't, make- <laughs> he couldn't be on TV. His forehead just freaks me out. I think that's Christopher Ryan Goober that says that. Uh, so, yeah, man, I think uh, it, it was an okay show. Just a you know, little shake my head moments here and there, but overall entertaining and entertained me and i enjoyed it which is what's most important about doing this right is enjoying it and watching it so uh guys thank you so much for joining us tonight here on the debrief uh thank you for tuning in make sure you are liking sharing and subscribing all of our content right now we just dropped a brand new interview with diana Parazzo. it's available right now on our youtube you can also check out our moose interview which has already almost ten thousand views on youtube so thank you so much for that guys Really appreciate the love and support right over there. Uh, We're going to be live again tomorrow afternoon for the top story, bringing you all the top headlines that you need to know in the world of wrestling. Friday night, we got Dirty Dutch Mantel on Smack Talk after AEW uh, AEW Rampage and SmackDown. And on Monday nights, we got Vince Russo and Dr. Chris Featherstone with Legion of Raw. And tonight, or not tonight, tomorrow night, 10.30 p.m., we got The Bro Show with DDP, Vince Russo, and Dr. Chris Featherstone. So tons of programming, tons of content for you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, when you are watching wrestling, you have to do the most important thing, which is que rico. What is it? Disfrútalo. I mean, enjoy it. Enjoy wrestling. Bro, you got to calm that down. You can't get too Latin with these people. (laughs) Tranquilo. You can't get too... No, you can't do that, man. (laughs) Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out!